everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I'm going to start today's message with a story that, that I'll never forget. I mean, sometimes you, know, you have things happen in your life, and it's like, wow, that was powerful. That statement just kind of rocked me, or it was so funny, I've never forgotten it. And I want to begin with this story. Years ago, EJ was six years old. He invited his best buddy over to spend the night. It's one Friday night. The sun was setting, and we sort of lived out a little bit. And by our house was a patch of woods, and behind the patch of woods was a field. So EJ and his buddy were in EJ's room, and I walked in. I go, hey, guys, what are you guys going to do? EJ goes, well, Dad, we're going to go down to the field and play. I said, great. And EJ's friend said, Mr. Young, I want to ask you a question about those woods. I said, okay. Are there any coyotes or snakes in those woods? I said, well, yes, we've seen some coyotes and a few snakes, but you'll be fine. And when I was saying that, this little guy's eyes were as big as saucers. Then he said some words I'll never forget. Mr. Young, I don't want to go to the field and play with EJ. I said, why not? Well... I'm not the bravest guy around. I've never forgotten that phrase. I'm not the bravest guy around. The honesty, the vulnerability, the raw emotion. I wish I had that. I wish... I could say before God and others regularly, I'm not the bravest guy around. That's why I've become so fascinated with fear. That's why I've written this book called The Fear Virus. And this book simply outlines the biggest fears that all of us deal with because the baseline of so much of the things that we process in this purpose-driven life is that of fear. I'm telling you, fear's everywhere. Fear's always talking in your ear, in my ear. Fear, 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 fear. The fear of the future, the fear of commitment, the fear of failure, the fear of loneliness, the fear of death, the fear of God, the biggest fears we all deal with. Fear, 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 fear. These masks that we're wearing are sort of symbols of fear the gloves, the reaction that we have, the media, and I'm talking about social media, we exacerbate fear and then we comment and report on the fear we've caused. Fear is everywhere. Fear, this whole health movement, eating clean and working out and ketoing and crossfitting, why do we do that? Well, the fear of death. I deal with a fear of failure every week. I'm just going to be flat out honest. 
What if the sermon's boring? Some of you are like, well, <laughs> what if my book doesn't sell? I fear that. I have fears about my family. And sometimes as I look at our culture with the mayhem, the racism, the rebellion, just where our country is going, it causes me to fear the future. I don't know about you, but sometimes I say, yeah, I'll be there, but I don't show up. The fear of, the fear of commitment. Then I'm like, well, what if people don't come back to church? A lot of my friends I'm talking to, domestically and even internationally, they're like, Ed, do you think people will ever return to church? Will we ever do life like it used to be? That's a fear. But ultimately, isn't this cool? We should fear God. The fear of God is interesting because the fear of God is not running scared. It's not, ah! It's not, I'm not the bravest guy around. It's not that. The fear of God is, is reverence, it's awe, it's submission. That's the fear of God. When we fear God, let me say this once again, we really shouldn't fear negatively anything. On the other hand, if we don't fear God, we should fear pretty much everything that's out there. Fear. Fear. What kind of fear are you dealing with? Maybe you have acrophobia. If you have acrophobia, you're afraid of flying. If you're afraid of flying, just go ahead and lift your hand. I'm the only one. I'm not the bravest guy around. How about arachnophobia? Anybody fear spiders? Mm-hmm, yeah. Spiders are crazy. I play a game with our grandkids. You know, toys are so high-tech now. They're so complex, and they're watching YouTube, and they're watching all these different things, and these dolls, and these, you know, whatever. It's just complex. So I made this up. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going off script, but I made this up. And I call this, this person, I'm just a spider. I'm just a spider. So I do my hands like a spider. I go, huh, I'm just a spider. Hi, how are you doing? So I talk to the grandkids like that. Sometimes even to Lisa. I'm just a spider. And I'll go, can I crawl on your shoulder? And it's so simple and so stupid but they love it. Isn't that, isn't that something? I'm just a spider. All right, enough of that. Maybe you have, guys, maybe you have pentrophobia. That's the fear of your mother-in-law. That was funny. You could have checkerphonophobia. Young people, oh, I've got... You know, when you lose your phone or don't know where your phone is, you're, you're, you're like freaking out. Some here who are single, you have gamophobia. Guys, that's the fear of marriage. The fear of marriage. But we do have FOMO, don't we? Have you ever heard of FOMO? Fear of missing out. And 
Our whole world, our digital world causes that. Oh man, look where they are. Man, I wish I was there. Oh, they're talking to this person. Whoa. They're playing in that game. They're at that concert. Wow. You know, the fear of missing out. And that's one of the reasons we're so, we're so tied into technology. The second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says something that I, that I want you to apprehend and, and, and just receive into your life. God, the Bible says, has not given us the spirit of fear. The word fear there is phobos. It's the only time it's used in the Bible. Phobos is like turning and running. It's like going, ah, that's phobos. Ah, thank you, I heard that. Amen. Amen. So God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he's given us what? The spirit of power that comes from him, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. We have to think right. We have to process fear properly. In the book, I talk about the importance of positive fear and negative fear. And what I want you to lean into is positive fear. One time, I got some battery cables mixed up. I put the positive on the negative and the negative on the positive, and I fried my father's brand new Lincoln Continental with battery cables. What I'm afraid in my life and in your life is, when it comes to fear, we get the negative on the positive and the positive on the negative and our lives are fried. As you look at the children of Israel, of course, they're an illustration of you and me. As you look at Moses, who is a, a picture of Jesus, we see the six different fears exemplified. Why did the children of Israel... You remember those cats, two million of them in Egyptian slavery. They were freed from slavery. They were supposed to walk in the wilderness for days. It ended up being decades. Why? I mean, I'm a why guy. Why, why, why? Why didn't they go, wow, God, thank you, miracle after miracle. Wow, let's just move through the wilderness into the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they do that? One word, fear. Fear. It's that baseline emotion, that visceral emotion, fear. And fear is not always bad, as I've said, but it can be bad, and we can learn from the children of Israel. I just want to say again, a huge thanks for your generosity and for you partnering with us. No matter where you are, no matter what age or stage you find yourself in life, we have tools, we have books, we have resources to help you in this endeavor. So if you're not a part of our family here, we'll love for you to become a part. You can see what to do on the screen. So again, thanks for your generosity, and let's go back to the message. So when you're faced with fear, here's, here's something you might wanna write down. Don't go hysterical go historical. Now, in marriage, <laughs> when we sometimes have conflict, of course, Lisa and I have never had a conflict. In marriage, uh, husbands, it's really impossible to argue with your wife because your wife is smarter and she never forgets anything. She can go historical like that. 
The other day, Lisa and I were in a conflict and she brought up something happened, I know, like 12 years ago. We were in the car together arguing about something. She knew the facts. I was just like, whoa, no way. I'm playing checkers. She's playing chess. She can go, right, guys? Historical, we might say hysterical. No, say historical. Don't go hysterical. Hysterical is like, ah, you want to do that. You want to stop that, tamp that down, all right? But God's people, ah, they went hysterical, ah. It's time to go historical. And how can you say that? Well, read about God's people. They left Egyptian slavery, and they were running, they should have been, to the PL, the promised land, and God tells them to do something weird. I'm talking about strange. I'm talking about countercultural. God tells his people, as the Egyptian army is pursuing them with all these chariots, all the king's horses and all the king's men, because remember, they were the majority of the gross national product of Egypt. The Egyptians were chasing the Israelites down Let me stop for a second. Let me throw just a point of application in. What fear is chasing you down right now? Because the Bible says the Egyptians overtook God's people. What fear, just be honest with yourself, is overtaking your life? What fear? It's going to be one of those six fears. Well, Scripture says God tells them to do this weird thing. Have you ever looked at, your, at one of these Google Maps or Waze, and all of a sudden they're like, what? They're telling me to U-turn? Stupid thing. Maybe throw it in the car like it's a joke, you know? Well, that's, that's what was happening. Moses was leading the people out. Ha-ha! God was doing all these miracles and things, GPS system. And all of a sudden Moses goes, by the way, now we're making a U-turn and they go back into the teeth of terror, into the teeth of the Egyptians. Now that is weird. Say that with me, that is weird. One, two, three, that is weird. Why in the world would God tell his people, finally they're released from Egyptian slavery and they're running to the PL, the promised land, and all of a sudden they're being chased and God says, stop, make a U-turn and go back into the teeth of terror, into the teeth of the Egyptians. Now that I'm telling you is upside down. That's wackadoodle-doo. It is. It's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You're like, what? Well, let me let you in on a little secret. Earlier on, I said that we're made, I just kind of said it off the cuff, but it wasn't really off the cuff. Hopefully you understood that and listened to me. I said we're made to glorify God, that God is about glory. The glory of God is the sum total of his attributes. God is always going to get glory. Why are you here? Why am I here? Why are we taking up space on this blue planet? To glorify God. To glorify God means to reflect him in everything we do, say, touch, and feel. The sum total of God's attributes. Ooh, that's interesting. So put that in your frontal lobe. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. Let's read it together. That means you and me. One, two, three. This is God speaking. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. 
but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Man, that is, that is pregnant with power, is it not? The glory of God. God told them to make a U-turn for his glory and for his power. They camped at a place, and you'll love the name of this place. I've got to read it to pronounce it in Hebrew. They camped at a place called Piahiroth. It means the Valley of Gorges. It was a dead end. They made a U-turn. They camped at this spot. Mountains on one side, a wall of water on the other, and the Egyptian army in high-speed pursuit. What were they going to do? A dead end. Have you ever faced a dead end in your life? A dead end. Why would God lead me to a dead end and not just through a dead end? I mean, to a dead end, Ed? Yes. Wait a minute. I like the through part, not the two part. Well, God leads us to a dead end, again, for his glory. A dead end. A dead end. Did God cause it? No. He allowed it. Don't waste a dead end. Don't so freak out. Don't get so hysterical that you miss what God wants to do in a dead end. Robbie's saying, I'm in a dead end with my daughter, a dead end with my son, a dead end with my best friend, a dead end emotionally, a dead end physically, a dead end. God allows it, yet he's brought you and me to a dead end. At the dead end, we need to learn some things. There's a purpose in the process. And when we learn and when we're ready, God will take us through the dead end. So I understand why God's people were like whining and moaning and crying and blaming Moses. They were the first instance we have of the cancel culture. They didn't dig it. So, so here's the deal. Go historical, not hysterical. Remember how God has delivered you. Remember the other dead ends in your life. Remember how he's taken you to those and then through those. So often when I have that, that feeling as a church, I really, I mean, hundreds of times I've gone back and I've gone, oh Lord, thank you. That we were in a position several years ago. I mean, in our early days, where only you had to come through. That was it for us to do what we've done, obviously because of your grace and love. And that has propelled me and comforted me and our team here because of that. That's why we need to journal our prayers. That's why we need to write down stuff. You might be, well, Ed, that's cool for the, those who have been Christians for a while, but man, I'm, I'm brand new to this. I'm, I'm a newbie. I mean, I don't have any history. I've got hysterical stuff. <laughs> I don't have any history. Yeah, you do. You're like, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Right here. 
right here. God has given us a record of his people. Of the people like Moses and the children of Israel. So we can go back and go, whoa, all right, all right, all right. So God has put me at this dead end for a reason. It's not going to lead to despair. It's going to lead to deliverance. And that's what happened to God's people. You know what, you know what Moses said to them? He said, basically, go historical. And then he said, don't deify fear. Don't, don't make fear more than it is. The Bible says in Exodus 14, verse 10, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. I'm not the bravest guy around. We're not the bravest people, God, around. I get it. But look at verses 13 and 14. Moses answered the people who were whining and moaning, do not be afraid. No, let me give you Moses' voice. You ready for this? Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you'll see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. That's a good Moses' voice. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So Moses said several things. Don't be afraid, number one. Number two, be still, stand firm, and the Lord will fight for you. And then the Bible continues to say, I don't have time for it. God said, move out. And we know what happened. Red Sea was parted. Egyptians chased. The wall of water fell on them. The Israelites were saved. And here we go. Fear. Here we go. Fear. Fear is always in our ear. Fear is a motivator, a simulator. I get it. It's good. It should be our friend. It should be part of our squad, our homie, our clique, whatever you want to say. But we have to lean into faith. Fear is an opportunity for faith and trust. Well, I don't have enough faith. Are you kidding me? You're constantly trusting in someone or something you can't see. Constant. You got faith? Everybody does. Put your faith in God. God can be trusted and God always tests our faith and trust. I think it's so interesting that he tested them right after their salvation experience, right after their emancipation. So once you become a follower of Christ, you're going to be tested. You'll hit some dead ends. Don't deify fear. Go historical, not hysterical. And you'll be able to deal with life. You're not going to freeze up and miss God. You'll be able to move out and you'll be able to walk through those woods <laughs> to that field, the field that God has for you. You know, my son's little friend who said, 
Mr. Young, I'm not the bravest guy around. After he said that, man, I felt for him. I just loved his honesty. And I said, hey, I'll walk with you through the woods to the field. You will? Yes, I will. So, this little guy on one side, EJ on the other, I walk with them through the woods to the field. And they had a great time playing. Are you fearful? Are, are you fearful? Admit your fear to God. I'm not the bravest guy around, but I have a promise for you. God will be with you and he'll deliver you to that field called his promise land. and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.